going to be taking a break from our series on work today for the next couple of weeks, and I'm going to be talking all about encountering Jesus. Wherever we're at with faith, whether we're just starting out following Jesus or we've been following him for 90 years, how desperate are we to encounter Jesus? And uh, for me, I could never get tired of hearing stories of people encountering Jesus. And last month, it felt like a bumper month for me, um, partly because of all the cool stuff that's been going on here on a Sunday and throughout the week, and partly because we just got back from Dreaming the Impossible, our Vineyard Youth Festival. So I'd love to kick us off this morning by sharing some of those stories, because these stories, guys, they're amazing. This is what we're about. We're for Jesus. We're about seeing Jesus change people's lives. So first up, I'd love to tell you a story about somebody I've been meeting here on a Sunday, and with her permission, I share this story. She's in a little bit of a strange situation, because she comes along to church as a carer. And um, so she actually gets paid to come along and find out about Jesus. I mean, how cool is that? And um, anyway, um, we ended up having a chat, and um, down the front, she, she ended up down the front, and I said to her, would you like me to pray for you? And she said, yes. So this was the first time this lady has ever been prayed for, and um, she's got no real experience of Jesus or faith, and um, as we started to pray for her, the Spirit of God just fell on her, and um, she was like, whoa, what's that feeling? What's that feeling in my legs? I sense a heaviness, I sense a peace. What's that tingling all over me? It was amazing to stand and pray with her, and that experience, that encounter that she's had with Jesus has led her to a place where she's seeking more. She's seeking Jesus. She's on a journey towards Jesus. And here's some stories from DTI. This is what a young person said who met Jesus for the first time at DTI. I felt free and found by him. The moment I realized I was lost, I was filled with courage. I'm so happy I met Jesus. Or this other young person, I've been healed from addiction, suicidal thoughts, and I finally learned I'm never alone. I'm known by God. This other one, I was prayed, on the, prayed for on a Saturday, and my anxiety and my panic attacks, that's what I was prayed for about. And I woke up the next day, and the weight that was on my shoulders, it lifted off of my shoulders. And I don't feel so anxious and claustrophobic. I feel free. Can you imagine how I felt the day after Dreaming Impossible, reading 130-odd stories like those? I was a wreck. Life-changing life encounters with Jesus. You know, some of those are in big ways, some in little ways, but every single one, significant. And I guess for lots of you, as I've shared those stories this morning, maybe you're intrigued. Maybe because you're here this morning and you're thinking, how does that work? Maybe you're new to faith or you've just come along to the dedication this morning and you've never even considered the question, could there be a God? And if there was one, could I meet him? Others of you might know Jesus, but actually, it might be a really long time since you've encountered him. Or for some reason, you might just not feel like as desperate this morning as you once did for him. So this question, how do I encounter Jesus, is a big one, and we're going to um, try and figure out how to answer it this morning. And we're going to do it by looking at a story in the Bible. It's one of my favorites. It's about somebody who was so desperate to encounter Jesus that they end up forever changed. So you can read about it. It's the story of blind Bartimaeus. You can read about it in three of the Gospels. And we're going to be looking this morning in the book of Mark. 
The Gospels, if you don't know what they are, that's where we find out about the life and the teachings of Jesus. So this story is found in Mark 10. It's two-thirds of the way through Mark, and so far, loads of different things have been going on. Jesus has been hanging out with his disciples. People are getting healed and set free, and there's been little glimpses and hints along the way as to who Jesus really is. And so we pick up this story when Jesus and his disciples and now a bit of a crowd are gathering. They're on their way to Jerusalem. So here we are. Should come up on the screens if you've not got a Bible. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind, man, the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he receives the sight and he follows Jesus along the road. I just love that story. And I reckon we can sum it up in 20 words. Okay? These are the 20 words that should come up. Bartimaeus realizes who Jesus is. Bartimaeus reaches out for Jesus. Jesus responds to Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus is left forever changed. There you go. That's the shortest talk ever. Got it. 20 words. Now I'm joking. Well, I'm not joking about that 20 words, but, but we are going to carry on. But we're going to use those 20 words to help us kind of walk through this passage and to help us figure out how we can encounter Jesus. And by the way, is it okay if I call him Bart, not as in Bart Simpson, as in Bartimaeus, because Bartimaeus, I think it's four syllables, Bartimaeus, and it's really going to slow us down this morning, so, so we're going to go for Bart. I might have wasted more time explaining that, but um, we're going to go for that. But anyway, let's look at those first five words. Bartimaeus realises who Jesus is. I love how desperate Bart is to encounter Jesus. And the reason he was desperate to encounter Jesus is because he realized who Jesus was. Let me explain. You know, it's actually kind of ironic because Bartimaeus was physically, he was blind, he couldn't see. But spiritually, he actually could see. And Bart, he gets, he gets who Jesus is in a way that the disciples and the crowds just don't. And um, it's actually a pretty significant moment in Mark's gospel. And, and so we need to look at verse 46 again. Listen up really carefully. Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now we've got to be awake and observant because did you notice it? Bartimaeus, he hears one thing with his ears and he speaks another thing out. He hears Jesus of Nazareth, and he shouts out, Jesus, son of David. And this is a big moment. It's like ding, 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 ding in Mark's gospel because, because Bart knew, you see, that Jesus, he wasn't just a prophet. 
He wasn't just a prophet from Nazareth. He was actually the long-awaited Messiah, the promised Messiah that they were waiting for to come and establish a new kingdom. That's what he meant when he was saying, Jesus, son of David. I love it that this blind beggar gets it in a way the others don't. And you see, up until this moment in Mark, there's just been a few little hints of people that actually do get it. One of them being a moment between Peter and Jesus, which you might be familiar with. Mark chapter 8, verse 27 says this. On the way, he, that's Jesus, asked them, who do people say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he said? Who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. And um, that leaves me thinking, and it probably leaves you thinking, how did Bart know? You know, what did he see that the others didn't? Was it because the crowd and the religious elite, they were expecting a different kind of king? So they didn't recognize Jesus. Was it because Bart had, had heard these rumors of this Jesus guy who, who, who behaved kindly to people like Bart? who showed love and kindness and respect and was healing people and setting people free. And maybe it was because Bart thought, maybe this Jesus guy, maybe he could do it for me as well. Maybe he recognized he had nothing to lose. Well, the Bible story, it doesn't spell it out. I guess maybe it's a combination of those things. But what we do know is that Bart recognized who Jesus is. And I guess that question for us this morning wherever we're at, is do we recognize who Jesus is? Do we see him clearly? Colossians 1 verse 15 to 17 says this about Jesus. It says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Those verses are just jumbo-packed with truth about Jesus. And I, they're my favorite verses in the Bible, and um, I have them sort of above my bed, so that they're the first thing I see in the morning and the last thing I see at night. Truth about who Jesus is. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. Do you recognize Jesus for who he is? Because for some of us, including me, we can be a little bit sometimes like the crowds and the disciples. We've spent time with Jesus. Some of us have even been healed. We've seen glimpses of his greatness and his power. But yet, we can be lying in bed at night consumed by worry. We can be in the middle of a situation at work where we're just like, this is hopeless. There can be conflicts in our family where we just can't see a way forward. We can find ourselves gripped by fear. When we think about whatever situation, we can get stuck in addictions and we think there's no way out of this thing. Sometimes in those moments, we can fail to see Jesus clearly just like the crowd in that story, there's the possibility that we could be in danger of missing who Jesus actually is. Even here on a Sunday. 
We could be so captivated by, by the nice donuts and the refreshments, by the great people here, the amazing musicians. But in the midst of that, do we see Jesus clearly? Spiritually, our vision can become a little bit blurred. You know, we can lose sight of who Jesus is. We can lose sight of knowing that no matter what situation we're in, however horrible it is, however hard it is, that Jesus takes us by the hand and walks with us. We can trust him today with our hopes and our dreams, with today, with tomorrow. Jesus doesn't want us to have a blurry vision. He wants us to see him clearly for who he is. And I'd love to illustrate it like this. Like think about a time that you've had blurry vision. So um, maybe you've been swimming underwater for too long and you've got chlorine in your eyes. Maybe um, you've been crying your eyes out. Maybe you've got conjunctivitis. That's so annoying, isn't it? But um, for me, blurry vision is just, it's like a daily sort of occurrence in my life because I'm short-sighted. And um, this is not an advert for Specsavers. Um, but, guys, I love contact lenses. They have changed my life because without them, my vision is blurry and disorientating. Life is disorientating. I can't see anything clearly. But with them, it's beautiful. You know, perfect clarity. I reckon I've got 20-20 vision or something now. And it means that right now in this room, I can see everything very clearly. So I can see those of you that look like you're enjoying what I'm saying and those of you who are like... This is awkward. You know, I can see those of you who, who are at the back, those of you who are at the front. And the thing is, with contact lenses, to see clearly, guys, you've got to put them into your eyes, and then they require maintenance. You have to clean them. The opticians in the room are loving that, aren't they? Because otherwise, they get blurry. And it's a little bit like this with our spiritual vision. You know, for some of you, life this morning is actually blurry. You're like, what's my purpose? What, what are we here for? Maybe this morning it's time for some of you to pop in your spiritual contact lenses for the first time and meet Jesus. Others of you, you know Jesus and your spiritual lenses are in, but if you're honest, things have become a little bit blurry. And this morning is an opportunity to come and allow the Lord to clean them so that your vision of Jesus would be clear. It would be sharpened. And um, as I was writing this, I really felt like Jesus said, you know, the more, the more we see him clearly, the sharper our vision of, of him is, the more desperate we'll be for him. Because you see, when we see Jesus clearly, we realize who he, who he is and who we aren't. We realize that we are in desperate need of him. So how do we do it? How do we see him more clearly? Well, we take on board those first five, five words in the story. We need to realize who Jesus is. By the way, that's the longest point. And then we move on to the next five words. Bartimaeus reaches out for Jesus. You know, Bart reaches out for an encounter with Jesus, and he does it because he realizes who Jesus is. Just imagine being Bart for a moment. Okay, you're blind. You've got no education. You've got no career prospects. The world ignores you, you're a nobody, and in many ways you're just spat out by society. That was his situation. And yet he reaches out with a shout above the noise, above the crowds. He was desperate. 
Have you ever been in a situation where you're desperate, so desperate for help that you're willing to shout for it? I've had a few times. Uh, like the time I nearly drowned when um, I was in a rubber dinghy at Wells Next to Sea using cricket bats for oars. Or the time I got stung by a bee in a two-man tent at Soul Survivor. It was horrendous. Or the time that I went to close my curtains and the curtains fell down, as did the curtain pole, as did the, um, the bit of wood that that was attached to, and it hit me on the head. And then um, I never saw the doctor, but I, I did have a few memory problems for a few weeks with that. All the time, probably this was the worst, that um, the phone rang and I ran from my kitchen through to the dining room into the, into the lounge and I ran into the door frame. I know, honestly. And, and it, cr it cracked. I heard the crack. Sorry, I heard a crack. And I was, oh my goodness, I broke my toe. It hurt so much. All the time that I also broke my toe another time when I was dancing, doing a forwards roll to Michael Jackson's Earth song. Um, <laughs> so two top tips. One, forwards rolls are dangerous. And um, check your curtain poles when you get home. But I know they're pretty tame examples, and clearly I've led a fairly sheltered life, and I've got maybe a low pain threshold, although I would challenge you on that. Um, but these were moments of desperation where I was willing to shout for help, or in the case of the toe, scream for help, to get somebody's attention who could help me. That's what was going on with Bart. He was so desperate. He was so aware of his need that Jesus was his only hope, the only one who could actually set him free from his affliction and change his situation. So even though the crowds are just telling him to shut up, he's like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's powerful, isn't it? You know, are we that desperate for an encounter with Jesus? that we would be willing to shout above a crowd, willing to take that moment to meet with Jesus. What needs do you have this morning? What things are on your mind? Where do you need healing and restoration? Where do you long for change in your life? And are you gonna reach out to Jesus? You know, it might not look like shouting above a crowd, but it might look like walking to the front in a bit and asking someone to pray for you. I must admit, I'm not the best at this. I'm trying to get over it. I don't always find it easy, but I'm trying to get over my pride. But because the thing is, walking from, from one of these chairs a couple of steps to the front, or if you're at the back, 20 meters to the front, it's, it's not like a Christian version of the walk of shame. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's actually, it's a walk towards Jesus. It's a walk towards life. And the moments that I've done it, and sometimes for big stuff, sometimes for little stuff, and I've let somebody pray with me, they have been moments where I have encountered Jesus and I've been forever changed because of it. So for some of you, that's what it might look like. Others of you, it might, it might mean chatting it through with your, your friends or your spouse afterwards. For others of you, it might mean actually getting involved here joining the community, putting yourself in a place where you have deep and real relationships with people who can help you in your journey with Jesus. We've got to be like Bart and reach out for Jesus because it's as he does that that Jesus responds. And that's our next four words. Jesus responds to Bart. 
Guys, this bit is so good because what's going on is Bart is shouting and Jesus responds to him. So, he's, so verse 48 says this, uh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. I find two words in there so moving. Jesus stops. In the middle of the hustle and the bustle of the crowd, Jesus hears the cry of a desperate heart and he stops. That's our Jesus. Jesus who hears the cry of a desperate heart, who hears the cry of your desperate heart through the crowd, through all the people here this morning and he stops and he wants to meet with you. And then he has this amazing moment. This is Bart's moment now where he meets with Jesus and it's beautiful. Verses 49 to 52, I'm sort of paraphrasing it here. He jumps to his feet, he, he throws his cloak aside and guys, the, the cloak, that would have been his only worldly possession. In the day used for begging, in the night, he would have used it as a blanket. He gets up, he jumps to his feet, Jesus calls everything else, he chucks aside and Jesus says to him, what do you want? An opportunity for Bart to say to Jesus, to confess with his own mouth, his trust and his dependency in him. And Bart says, I, I want to see. And instantly Jesus heals him, heals his eyesight. And then Bart starts to follow Jesus along the road. A man desperate for an encounter with Jesus. Jesus responds and everything changes. One encounter, a changed life. And uh, Jesus didn't stop with Bartimaeus. We heard from those stories earlier. You know, he's still present with us today through the Holy Spirit. And he longs to come and meet with us. He stops for us and he's available every moment of every day. And um, I mentioned at the, moment, at the beginning a few stories from DTI. And um, there's loads more, but there's one I would just love to share with you in a little bit more detail. And um, it, it's a little girl called Libby. She's from Leeds Vineyard. And her mum sent me her story through this week. So going to read it for you. Uh, Libby has had mild cerebral palsy since birth, affecting mainly her walking. She has had constant pain in her left ankle. Libby can't think of a time when she didn't have it. We have prayed daily for the pain to go away. That is commitment, isn't it? Last year, a sole survivor, which is another youth camp, I noticed she didn't stand when they asked people who needed healing to stand. When I asked why, she said, because clearly God doesn't want to heal me. I ask him all the time and he just never does. I sat with her and cuddled her, These, this is her mum's words, while she sobbed, explaining that we live in the now and the not yet of the kingdom. And we have to keep asking as we never know when a kingdom now moment is going to come. At DTI, I was so shocked that, when, that she stood to her feet for healing. Some friends and others gathered around to pray for her. Each time they prayed, the pain got less. Finally, it was all gone, and she remains one month on, totally pain-free. I know. And, and as I had that story sent to me on a text message this week, I know, I know the family quite well, I was just like, that's Jesus, that he does that for a 12-year-old girl. Jesus stops for her. And she's now on a journey of discovering more and more who Jesus is for her. Jesus heals people today. And I know the subject of healing, it, 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 
It's a difficult and a painful one because we know that whilst we pray for people all the time, we don't always see people get healed in the way we want. You know, as Libby's mum said, we live in the now and the not yet of the kingdom. Sometimes we see instant healing. Sometimes it's gradual. And sometimes we don't see people get healed in the way we want. And, and that is, it's so hard. But I think the encouragement from this story and elsewhere in the Bible is that even though we don't fully understand it, and it is hard, that Jesus does heal people and we're encouraged to continue to press in, to continue to pray for it. You know, that young lady was prayed for. If, if her parents really did pray every day for her, I haven't worked it out, so now it's awkward, but 365 times 12 is a large number. 12 threes, 4,000. Anyway, um, you know, point is, it was a lot of times. She reached out to Jesus, her desperate heart, and he healed her. And... Um, Stories like this and others I shared at the beginning, they make me wake up. They make me realize and raise my expectation of what Jesus can do for the areas in my life where I need breakthrough, for the areas in my life where I need healing and restoration, where I need a touch from Jesus. How do these stories impact you? Do they increase your level of desperation and expectation for an encounter with Jesus? Do they make you want to come and meet with him again this morning? And we're going to give space for that in a, in a moment, but we've got to get to the end of our 20-word summary. So Bartimaeus realizes who Jesus is, first five words. Bartimaeus reaches out for Jesus, second five words. Jesus responds to Bartimaeus. And the last five words, Bartimaeus is left forever changed. You know, Bartimaeus, he was never the same after he'd had an encounter with Jesus. He was this blind beggar who, after one encounter with Jesus, was no longer blind. But if you think about it, you know, Jesus actually, he offered Bartimaeus so much more than just the healing of his sight, didn't he? You know, that passage ends saying that Bartimaeus got up and he followed Jesus along the road. Bartimaeus became a disciple of Jesus. Bartimaeus received from, from Jesus forgiveness, eternal life, a relationship with him forever. He could see both physically and spiritually. And it reminds me of that hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. You know, in Bart's case, he was healed. His whole identity changed and, and it brought freedom. For us... When we realize who Jesus is, when we reach out for him, Jesus always responds. You know, sometimes our prayers get answered in the way we ask. We get healed or set free instantly. Sometimes we don't, but we're always changed. Because it's as we spend time with him, as we spend time coming into his presence, that, that we receive something of his life, something of the truth, of hope, of encouragement, of peace. And I know this because the Bible's clear about it, but also I've experienced it in my own life. You know, I've not always been healed in the way I want. You know, I have, um, in my feet, I have no arches, and, um, which means I have to wear these horrible insoles. And um, I don't know what the NHS orthotics department would think about my flip-flops this morning. Um, maybe that's why I've not been healed. But um, 
<laughs> but they've been prayed for hundreds of times probably. They haven't been healed. There's also longings in, in my heart and in my life that I've prayed for. My prayers haven't been answered in the way I want. But the honest truth is, guys, every time I've been prayed for, I've encountered something of Jesus despite the outcome. You know, sometimes in a dramatic way, mostly not. But every time I'm left forever changed, I experience more of his love, more of his kindness, more of his truth and his hope. And I leave with my vision of Jesus clearer. My view of Jesus sharpened and I leave a little bit more whole. When we reach out for Jesus, he always responds. How desperate are you for an encounter with Jesus this morning? For him to meet your needs, to bring your stuff towards him, to ask him for healing and restoration. Because you know what I love about Bart? Is that he was an active kind of guy. He took the moment. You know, he had just a few moments to reach out for Jesus as Jesus passed him by. He was desperate. And it challenges me. You know, it, it, it probably challenges lots of us. Because for many of us, we can be so used to maybe even coming here all the time, being in situations like this, that sometimes the temptation can be to just settle, to settle for the way we are, to settle and live with our hang-ups, to live with our hurting, to settle for an encounter with Jesus that we had maybe last month or three years ago. But the thing is, God has so much more for us than that one encounter with Jesus can be life-changing. And he's desperate for our attention. And so whether you know Jesus this morning, whether you don't, I think the application is the same for all of us. It's to look for Jesus in our current circumstances. Have the eyes to see him. Realize who he is. Take a risk and reach out to him like Bartimaeus did. And he will respond. And you'll be left changed. Thank you.